When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. One, two, three. I made a detour out of the game when I was hustling crack. Made a couple of dollars, made a little bit of change, never looked back. You find me at the shooting range practicing busting gaps. Want a vocal booth in this studio, busting raps. With some gold on my body, off my body, off colors, Rossi, I'm sloppy. I treat my luxury scraper like a Bugatti, Lottie, Dottie. She liked the party off Molly. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome back to the tailgate. This is a horrible intro, but I'm not going to redo it. I'm sick, but I'm still bringing you content because I love you guys. We're back with Kiernan. Uh, we almost, in the first half of the Bama game, it looked like we were going to have to do Sad Boy Hours Part 2. Kiernan told me to calm down. To For which he didn't. Reason. To which he didn't. And then... I, calmed, I calmed down around the third quarter. Well, whoop-de-doo. Uh, but, Kiernan, how are you doing? Not well, Kevin. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm disappointed. For obvious reasons. I'm very disappointed. And I think we can start off the first topic is the 9 OT, but we'll get to that in a second. I'm disappointed, but also happy. And I'll explain why. I'm disappointed to having lost to Illinois just as a general statement. I don't like losing to Illinois. I don't like losing to any Big Ten team. I say I, I mean Penn State. Because you know, losing to the, at the time, number two country, number two, <laughs> number two team in the country, you know, as a, as a metric, that doesn't look that bad. Now we're not going to, we're going to discount the, their loss uh, the week after, but I'm now happy because I no longer need to worry about whether Penn State uh, wins or loses games for the rest of the year because they're essentially they've essentially knocked themselves out i mean the best that they can do is you know if it so happens they'd have to demolish ohio state this week they'd have to demolish michigan uh and the likelihood of those things those two things happening is highly unlikely so i'm at the point where i'm now relaxed i don't have to worry or stress about the possibility of getting into the uh cfp i don't have to worry about them you know, not making it to the Big Ten and then losing or anything like that. I can just sit back, enjoy uh, Penn State football for what it has left for the season and just be done with it. So, you know, for me, boo and yay at the same time. Well, I'm happy that you're being lost about saying, oh, I, 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 you care how Penn State does the rest of the way, but you're not freaking out about getting in the cultural playoff, getting into the 
Big Ten Championship because right. I didn't want to have to break your heart. If you came in, you're like, okay, if we beat Ohio State, we have the same record. And then if we can win out in Ohio, like we have the head to head. And then I would have pointed out that Ohio yeah, State no, would have I, a better Big Ten record still. But yeah. So I'm glad you're being rational about this. Yeah, I my my blood pressure for the next few games will be much much lower than it than it has been. That's true. Although I know you said you don't like losing to Illinois, I was right in our Big Ten preview. Uh oh, Brett Belima knows how to coach the Big Ten. Oh yeah, whatever. I said Illinois would be better this year than expected because Brett Belima knows how to coach the Big Ten. They're like three and four. Would like and people that... thought they would be zero and seven at this point or uh, one whatever. and six. That, so that is better fucking load than of bullshit. expected. Fine. Also, these aren't his guys. This is the former coach's guys. Was it Lovey Smith still? Oh, fuck. Was it? No uh, way. It might have been. Lovey Smith Holy was there for a long time. Way longer than he should have. Uh, <laughs> He's been in a lot of places longer than he should have been. Oh, my fucking God, he was. It, it was Lovey Smith, who's oh, now the Jesus. defensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, which is well, kind of funny to me. This this arguably... Like, Having the the loss to Iowa in the previous week only for to have them lose, which makes our loss look worse, and then have it, realizing that it was Lovey Smith that made it, or that that was his guys or whatever in the Illinois lineup makes this a hell of a lot more, hell of a lot worse to to bear with it. Now we're just gonna talk about Lovey Smith for a second. I say yeah. you need to give a new head coach in college four years. You know, get there, get one full recruiting cycle in kind of freshman to senior. You'll have a couple of redshirt seniors hanging around, but not many. By year four, you can kind of see what's going to happen or like what track the program's on. Lovey Smith started three and nine, two and ten, four and eight, and then went six and seven in 2019, his fourth year. So it seemed like the program was getting better. And then he went two and five in 2020. So I said he should have been gone sooner than that, but. Frankly, I get why he was there for four and a half years. Yeah. So I get that. But since we're talking about Illinois, kid, how do you feel about college overtime rules? Because they changed them this year. After X amount of overtimes, you just go for two every time. Some people don't like that. Yeah, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not hugely in favor of it because I think it actually I don't want to say it draws the game out more or makes it longer or whatever. Cause like, I think the, the nine overtimes is officially like the longest game quote unquote game ever played, but because they changed the rules, like, you know, what, what, what's the metric of, you know, game time played or whatever. I'm not going to get into that part, but I think, I think it's a bit too much. Like it, it kind of exacerbates the game. Uh, too much to where the point where it's kind of getting ridiculous. Like if you have, like if you have, you know, two overtimes, yeah, that's understandable. Three overtimes, wow, this is exciting. Four overtimes, holy shit. But after five and six, I'm starting to get like, all right, can someone just finish this game up? Like, come on, we've already been here for like four hours. Like, let me go home. <laughs> at, at that point, I don't care if my team wins or loses. Just someone end it. I, I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah, just and I. I don't get why they decided to make this change because in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion, 
college overtime was perfect. Yeah, I, I would agree with it. It, it. it was relatively quick. I mean, start at the 25 score. And then after a while, after you score, after you guys have traded scores or no one scored, you then have to go for two after scoring again. Right. I, I don't love this. Oh, no, it's just a two-point conversion to see who wins. Because then you have nine overtime games ending 20 to 18, which nobody yeah. wants. Yeah. it like, it, like if it was like a shootout and they were going touchdown for touchdown, okay, I kind of see that, right? Like if, like if they were just trading blows with, with touchdown after touchdown, or even if that was like part of the rules or whatever, like you could tell, you could say that, oh, yeah, that was an exciting game. But it wasn't. It was just a defensive juggernaut, which is what the Big Ten is. Well, I'm not even going to say it's fucking known for, but it's, you know, they have fairly prominent defenses, but it was just like boring. Like it was just like, a, like somebody do something with it instead of, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's just like they both sucked or I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. And back to what you said about training touchdowns. I mean, look at the 2018 LSU versus Texas A&M game. Seven overtimes tied the record at the time. Final score was 74 to 72. Right. Like a high scoring, fun, you know, ridiculous game. Like it, it like it's absurd that that happened. Right. But it was fun to watch. But this is like, okay. 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 This is getting boring now. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I, I at the end, I don't know who was cheering more, Illinois for winning or everyone else, or just going, "Oh, thank God, it's over." I think it was this. I think it was the latter there, Kevin. I don't think anybody wanted to be there anymore. I, I, I would be surprised that there were still any fans, except the psychos, still sitting there watching that. Yeah. Speaking of college rules, uh, college football is starting to rival the NFL for being the no fun league. Uh, for those who didn't see it, Xavier Wilk Hutchinson from Iowa State had a long touchdown against Oklahoma State. Didn't even high step in the end zone. Took like one high step into the end zone. Touchdowns called off for taunting. Dumbest, dumbest call. It's so and daft. Anyone who agrees with that call is like, no, you know what? That's fair. That's ridiculous. He's taunting. The Oklahoma State was feeling bad. Shut up. It's an aggressive game when you score, and it's a difficult game. You're playing Power 5 D1 football. When you score, a, a guy should be allowed to jump up and hump the goalpost for all I care. Like, I do yeah. not care. Yeah. I, no, taunt, taunting should be in, encouraged because it's ridiculous. Like, if you burn somebody, like, I think it was like a sort of post-route-looking route he ran – and he was wide open over the middle with zero safety help. And he just waltzed into the end zone. Like, if you – I think that should be merit for any type of celebration you want. Like, if you want to, you know, uh, grab your crotch <laughs> or, like, you know, hump the – I don't give a fuck. That, you can oh, do whatever you want. And he barely, barely taunted. He, like, put his hands up and, like, slowed down. Like One high taunting. step put his hands up. Like, why, I don't get why – uh, the taunting, I want to see college get rid of all taunting rules. Just let them do what they want. And I want to see a guy burn a DB on the road for a touchdown, goes, finds his girlfriend in the student section, pulls out a piece of paper with his phone number on it, and give it to her. 
That would be fucking. That's legendary. what I want. I that would want be that legendary more than anything now. But this story does have a ha- happy ending. Uh, Bryce Petty did find Xavier Hutchinson in the end zone later on that same drive for a touchdown. So I'm happy for him that he got the touchdown that the refs so rudely tried to take away. But the other thing with this is like it leads down it leads down a path of like. Oh, you know, celebrating a, a touchdown with your teammates is taunting the other team because they, you know, couldn't stop you. Like, that's that's the road it sort of goes down. It's like it's one of those slippery sl- slope things where, you know, oh, it's taunting. Oh, it's you know, it's not nice. Blah blah blah. Fuck off. Let them let them do whatever the hell they want. They burn a DB. You can put up the middle finger to them for all I care. You got owned, yeah, I, son. This also tells me that if Baker Mayfield was still in college, he would get. They're oh, Oklahoma wouldn't so score many. once because every play he'd get a taunting penalty. He would, he would, he would be no. Remember when he when he stuck the 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 flag and the uh, in the Ohio um, center yeah. of the field or whatever, right? That like that just incurs like a hundred yard penalty the next game. Oh, <laughs> uh, that actually be really funny. <laughs> Oh, that'd be perfect. Uh, uh, this was a weird weekend for officiating in college football because then you also have a, a call that I think was the right call. A lot of people disagree on it. The Caleb Williams ripping the ball out of his running back's hand to dive across the line for a fourth down conversion. Some are arguing that it was a forward lateral. Here's why it wasn't a forward lateral transfer of the ball occurred at the spot where the ball was. So once it's in Caleb Williams' hand, that's basically a lateral, just a sideways lateral, except at the point. It didn't go forwards or backwards, so they can't right. be a forward lateral. Uh, some are arguing that the running backs forward progress was stopped, so the play should have been called dead. I can see that, but also they do wait to blow the whistle on forward progress a lot, so I don't see why this would be different. If his right. forward progress was stopped and he fumbled it, Kansas fans wouldn't care. Right. They go, oh, it's a fumble that turned the tie. Kansas fans are just mad, even though they're allegedly are Kansas football fans. <laughs> I think it's just people waiting for basketball season to start. But, Kanan, do you have any different thoughts on this? Because I, I think this is pretty cut and dry. For Yeah, th- this, is, this is cut and dry. He basically, um, you know, strip fumbled or stripped his own uh, – his own player. Like, I mean, if it was the defense, it wouldn't have made any difference. It just would have been a turnover on downs or whatever it was like it, that, that was a simple grab the ball from his own teammate. You know, it's like a handoff in, in during a regular play. That's all it is. Yeah. So I'm glad we agree on that. I didn't feel like arguing it. What's that argue? The, the, the only, the only plausible argument was the one that you gave where, where, you know, oh, Ford momentum stopped. But, like, if Ford momentum stopped after, like, what, half a second, one second, like, that, you know, that guy can still move and break a tackle. And if he had, it would have been a first down regardless. So, like, what does it matter that Caleb Williams took it from him? There was one person, because I, from the tailgate on the quad Twitter, follow at quad tailgate on Twitter, Instagram, and we have a Facebook now, too. Uh, Plug it all. So I was arguing like, oh, no, like it was a forward lateral. And I said, here's why it wasn't a forward lateral. He's like, no, it wasn't a forward lateral, but the forward momentum was stopped. So people just want to argue about this call. Whatever 
ridiculous path they get to finding an argument they agree with, whether it be making an argument, getting it shot down, and then just making up another one, that that's the only people arguing this right now. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a dumb argument that's going to get you nowhere. So, Yeah, I, I kind of stopped replying to the guy, which probably isn't great for a professional Twitter account, but it, it reaches a point, anyone who's arguing one way on this, you're not going to change their mind. I'm not going to change my mind because I think that was the right call. If forward progress wasn't called, you can say that might have been a messed up call, but it, that's common. That's what they always do. Right. So the precedent has been set. Uh, true. Uh, so, Kieran, you want to go into our game picks from last week? No. <laughs> no, Kieran, you do. Oh, really? Well, we did not do great once again. Again, uh, 500, another 500 week for us, which isn't terrible, but we had the closest game score prediction that we've ever had. Oh, that's fun. So let's go through this real quick. UCLA versus Oregon. We both picked UCLA to win. Oregon won, so that's an L for both of us across the board. Although the over did hit, so we... You were right there. I was not. Uh, Pitt versus Clemson. We both picked Pitt. Pitt won and covered. And the under did hit for that game, so you were right. I was wrong about the over-under, but we were right about everything else. Alabama versus Tennessee. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Alabama covered and the over hit with a score of 52 to 24. Our buddy Kiernan over there predicted a 52 to 25 score. Oh my fuck. Are you kidding me? Nope. God damn it. And then I had 55 to 20, but 55, 52 to 24 versus 52 to 25. That's Pretty damn close, Kiernan. I am. I am. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I was off by a lot, I wouldn't have cared. But now that I was fucking one point off, makes me so much angrier. <laughs> that that's fair. Because like imagine. Because no, here's the thing. Imagine if you bet on that and then lost by a fucking point. That would be infuriating. It's like in fantasy when you lose by like a point and you had a guy on the bench who scored two more points than your starter. Oh my god. It's just if you're and then we both picked Memphis to win against UCF and UCF won by 17. Yikes. So another 500 week for us. Now, Karen, this week though, we we do have five games. 
I, I added one, but uh, no Pac-12 games, no Big 12 games this week. But first game, number six, Michigan at number eight, Michigan State. Uh, 7-0 Michigan, who's 6-1 against the spread versus 7-0 Michigan State, who's 5-1-1 against the spread. Kickoff is at 12 at Spartan Stadium. The spread is Michigan minus 4.5, and, and the over-under is 50. Kiernan, who do you have? Um, given that it's at Michigan State, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I think I think actually no, fuck it. Yeah, let's go with it. Michigan State with with the quote unquote upset, uh, if you want to go with that, because uh, because Michigan's favorite. But um, I think Michigan State will upset Michigan, put them back in the AP poll. Uh, do you want me to give you my cover and spread and all that jazz? I want to give you, I want you to give me a score prediction. Oh, score prediction. Let's go with, um, 30, 35, uh, 35, 28, uh, Michigan state. Okay. I think, I think good old Harbaugh is going to get, finally get that big win. That's been eluding him in his entire Michigan career. They're going to pull the upset 28 20, or they're going to cover 28, 21, Michigan, 28, 21. That's a good prediction. And I'm hitting the under by one there. So it's probably going to be like a 51 point game. Uh, next up number 10, Ole Miss at number 18, Auburn, uh, six and one Ole Miss. Who's four, two and one against the spread versus five and two Auburn. Who's four and three against the spread. Kickoff is at seven at Jordan Hare. Auburn is minus three with an over under of 66. Cannon, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm thinking I can't fucking find the game. <laughs> okay, I'll give mine. Matt Corral is electric. The lane train knows what he's doing. Joey Freshwater is going to get the dub at Jordan Hare, 42 28 Ole Miss. Bold. I like it though. Uh, what was the spread on the game? Auburn minus three. Yeah, I think I I agree with you. I think Ole Miss is is hot this year. I think they're gonna. I think they definitely have it in them to to beat Auburn comfortably. So I'm gonna go with um, uh, Ole Miss covering the spread, thirty two twenty one. Okay, I also just don't think Bo Nix is good. He's been benched a few times this year. Teams look better without him, so I don't know. Don't don't love Auburn at all. Yeah. Uh, next no, up, Kiernan. I... Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I was just I was agreeing with you. Next up, Kiernan. I'm sorry for making you pick this game. Number twenty, Penn State at number five, Ohio State. Uh, five and two, Penn State. Four and three against the spread versus six and one, Ohio State. Four two and one against the spread. Kickoff at Ohio Stadium at 7.30. Ohio State's minus 18.5 with a 60 over under. Kiernan, do you have a score prediction yet, or do you want me to go first? I really don't want to have to pick this game because I'm just going to go with Penn State covering the spreads, having the over hit, and going, let's, let's just really – this is – this. 
absolutely no one i'm gonna put a disclaimer in front of this one absolutely no one take this bet this is purely a pride thing it's gonna be 42 to 28 penn state calling it here two things first off i think any after listening to the show anyone who still listens to us for betting advice probably should not be allowed to bet Eddie was like no these guys know what they're talking about (laughs) yes yes but the other bets the other the other picks i make are at least a half-hearted attempt at being serious. This one is purely a pride thing. There is no logic whatsoever to go into this. And I, and that's why I'm putting the disclaimer in front of it. Okay. Uh, I, I hate doing this, you can't, but I don't like CJ Stroud. He's still high up on the Heisman watch list. I don't know why he's not yeah, good. He, yeah, he's he not has, good. He's at his best a game manager for the most part, but I still think Ohio State will win. I think they have the guns to win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. 31-28 Ohio State. Oh, thank you. That's only a three-point loss? Oh, I appreciate it, Kevin. No problem. It's just like a whiteout game. You guys barely losing. Uh, (laughs) Number 19, SMU, and our boy Tanner Mordecai, who needs to grow a fucking mustache already at Houston. SMU is 7-0, 5-2 against the spread. Houston is 6-1, 4-3. It's at TDECU Stadium. Don't know what that stands for. At 7. Houston is a minus 1 over under 62 and a half. Kiernan, who do you have? 62 and a half? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, definitely SMU. Definitely covering the spread. Excuse me, uh, 62 and a half. Uh, let's go with 40. Mm, that's a little bit hard because I don't know if the other team will score that much. Or maybe they will. For, 40, 40, 42.20. Let's just go with that. I think I just got the under with that, Matt. You did. Yeah. I believe in Tanner. Leads the nation in passing touchdowns. I think he still does. Uh, but I think Houston's. I think people might be sleeping on six and one Houston here, even though they are uh, a favorite in this game by one point at home, though. So it doesn't really matter. It's basically their two point underdogs here. But I'm going to go forty one twenty eight SMU because I believe in Tanner. I think we should all believe in Tanner. Uh, true. If you grow a mustache, I'd believe in him even more. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. What? Why I'm rooting for this guy to grow a mustache so bad? I think it's a little well, weird. It's a weird I, fixation I have. I I think it's with a name like Mordecai. What do you what, like? What do you picture? I picture an old Wild West, you know, guy with a handlebar mustache and a monocle. Like that's what I picture when I hear the word Tanner Mordecai. I picture um, Johnny Depp in that movie Mordecai, where he plays Mordecai. It has a mustache in the movie. That's probably what I'm thinking about, actually, now that you mention it. that That's probably the, the visual cl- uh, clue I'm getting. And it's... There's a T in that name. But it, I'm curious why. Because more is death in French, and it's a French name, I believe. So, I don't know, though. There's my four years of French coming back to help me out. Not really, though. Uh, our special <laughs> game... Our fifth game that we just added in, even though it's probably going to be a blowout. Number one, Georgia versus Florida 
It's at TIAA Bank Stadium in Jacksonville. Georgia is 7-0, 5-2 against spread. Florida is 4-3, 3-4 against spread. Georgia is minus 14. Over, under is 51. I looked today. If you want to go to this game and you're going to be in the Jacksonville area, head over to Game Day Guide. They have transportation, tailgates, and all that good stuff. GameDayGuide.com. Let me double-check that website. But even if they don't, you miss out on this game, they have plenty of other games. So go check them out. Game day underscore guide on Twitter and Instagram. It's game day slat or dash guide.com. Go check them out. Get some good experience out of them. They also have some cool shirts on their site, but that's enough me plugging other companies. Uh, I'll just go first on this one here. It's going to be 54 to 13 Georgia. I would agree with you. Um, it's going to be, it, it should be, it should be a blowout by Georgia. I mean, I don't, like, I'm looking up here, um, and I'm looking at what you have always been looking at, I think, which is Odd Shark. Um, and what I currently see in front of my screen is that Florida Gators are predicted to score 22.5 points, or whatever that, however that metric is is made up, right? Or 22 points, let's just call it 22 points, Right. No fucking way are they going to score 22 points. No way. Not with Georgia's defense, not with what they've been doing this year. It is going to be, like you said, ridiculously high scoring in Georgia's favor. Um, let's go with 40-10 uh, at most. Gators, uh, Gators score 10. Okay, there you have it. There are picks. Also, I don't see Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson doing anything. I don't know who the hell Dan Mullen is going to roll out there at quarterback. I feel like he flips it off every week. Some weeks, Emory Jones, or most weeks, Emory Jones starts. He sucks. Anthony Richardson comes in. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But, yeah, I don't like yeah. Florida's chances at all. No, I, I, have, I have no idea why. Also, the, the spread is only like 14 14- what, 14 points? Yeah. No. Like, I don't... How how are these... How are these guys coming up with these odds? Like, that doesn't I, make... To me, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no. Georgia will 100% cover that spread and just demolish it. I do agree in the mantra. When it comes to rivalry games throughout the records, it doesn't matter. But Georgia's too good. Yeah, Georgia is way too good this year to, to be doing that shit. And it seems they're taking every game seriously. They, they haven't like slipped up or anything. They've been good the entire year. I don't see them in any universe not taking this Florida team seriously enough to dominate them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the Georgia's front four, which has like been their mainstay, is they're incredible machine-like guys. They they demolish every single. Uh, offensive line that I've seen so far. So, I mean, the fact that the scores aren't higher in Georgia's favor, I have no idea why, but, you know, let's let's see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, but there's our game picture this week. Uh, Karen, you want to break down the AP poll real quick? Yeah, we're going to start front to back or back to front? We're going to go back to front. All right. As Stephen A. Smith would say, I'm a bottom feeder, so we're going to start with the back end. Uh, <laughs> Florida is still getting votes, by the way. They got three votes this week. I just think that's hysterical. They're three and four. <laughs> but others receiving votes. We're just going to go with the double-digit ones. 
Arkansas got 36, Louisiana Lafayette got 32, NC State with 28, and Houston with 12. See, I noticed no Clemson up there. Yeah, Clemson's just bad. <laughs> Thank God. Uh, that They were annoying. <laughs> like, oh, we're a dynasty. No, you're not. Stop it. Stop it. You're good. You're started of a dynasty, but no, you're not. Yeah. Even Kelly Bryant fucking got to a national championship or a college role playoff of that team that wasn't that good the year he – or the team was good, but he was not good. That's why when he transferred, he had to go to Mizzou. Uh, next up, 25, Steve Young University. 24, Coastal Carolina and the Chanticleers. 23, Meet Meet, UTSA. 22, Iowa State. And 21, San Diego State. Glad I feel to see like Iowa State back up, up up there. Hey, Kevin? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy because that makes me look <laughs> less dumb, but I still look like an idiot. I just need them to go on a run, and I need Caleb Williams to have some freshman growing pains and fuck up so they can make the Big 12 championship so I can say I'm not that much of an idiot. Um, <laughs> meet, meet the university at 8-0 being number 24. I know it's Conference USA, but I, I still think they should be a little higher, not much, but why is... Cincinnati, it's seven and zero, the number two team in the country. But meet meet the university isn't. I hate it. <laughs> Brutal loss for Coastal Carolina. Yet again, Appalachian Appalachian State strikes. Uh, that was their first win against a top twenty five team, like since they beat Michigan. Yeah. Which they is great. Just, uh, they, they come just to ruin top twenty five teams. That's it. That's their only. Their only prerogative good i love it uh i don't know like the bottom 25 to like 21 it's hard to find arguments against right other than like they're only this low because they're a group of five team yeah they haven't played many great teams but but other than that i mean no real issues uh number 20 penn state 19 smu 18 that Cal College from across the state, uh, number 17, Pitt, and number 16, Baylor. I don't have any issue with these. Uh, I think I think Penn State losing to Illinois, I'm sorry, should have dropped them a little. Well, they did drop 13 spots, but. I, I would agree with you if you said to drop them out of the top 25. I just want to say that. I would agree with you. I was going to say just drop them further, like maybe 24, 23 area, but. At this point, we're splitting hairs. Uh, Auburn at five and two. I I hate that they were given the benefit of the doubt early on after beating up on bad teams, because then they're going to hang around the top twenty-five. Yeah. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So I hate that. Um, Pitt, uh, shout out Pitt. Kenny Heisman uh, led them to a win over Clemson. I'm happy for Pitt because I I do like I like Narduzzi. I like Hy- I like Pickett. So and then I have nothing to say about Baylor really. Yeah, no. They're just kind of there. Yeah, they're. Just, I think I think they're just there to fill the gap at 16. That's all they're there for. <laughs> They had a gap. They had a gap there, and they're like, "Oh, who should we put in?" Uh, Baylor's six and one. All right, yeah, let's go with those guys. <laughs> that's what that. That's what the decision process of the AP poll was. Uh, I don't hate that thought process, but no, no, no. Uh, then at fifteen, you have Oklahoma State dropping seven spots. Tamu moving up to fourteen. They're gonna ride that win against Alabama for the rest of my fucking lifetime, and I hate it. Uh, number thirteen, Wake Forest at seven and zero. Number wait. twelve, Kentucky, six and one. Six and one, Kentucky. I'm thrilled that they're a top twenty-five team still. And yeah. number eleven, Notre Dame. I'm pissed they're a top twenty-five team still. I would I would argue that Oklahoma State deserves deserve would deserve that eleven spot more than Notre Dame. I think so. I think after Notre Dame kind of lost, or not kind of, did lose Cincinnati, everyone just kind of stopped talking about them. Yeah. They're just going to hang out in that, like, 11 to 17 range for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because the nice part about being an independent is you can make your own schedule, but the downside is to make the cultural playoffs, you need to win out. Right. If you have one, like... If you're in a conference, have one loss, win your conference championship, you will get in a cultural playoff. If you have that one loss as an independent, you're not doing shit. Right. So, uh, next up, number 10, Ole Miss. Number 9, Iowa. 8, Michigan State. 7, Oregon. 6, Michigan. And 5, Ohio State. I don't get why Michigan and Michigan State aren't right next to each other, honestly. I mean, they're both 7-0, both in the Big Ten, both played comparable opponents. Why is there a gap between the two? Hmm. I, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't really know why. It's kind of stupid. Also, Iowa didn't play last weekend. We're sitting at 11 because they lost to unranked Purdue. And then moved up two spots in the poll. I blame Penn State and Illinois. <laughs> and, and Iowa State. But like, it, it makes no sense. They lost to yeah. a one-ranked fucking team. They should not be top ten. Yeah. Although that does make Penn State's loss to them look better because it's still a top ten team. And I think Oregon is going to get the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I mean, they were underdogs against UCLA, but 
Thibodeau is going to carry this team just to stay in the top 10 for the rest of the year. Probably the first overall pick in the draft this upcoming year, unless some team really sucks and needs a quarterback. God, I hope not, because they're going to be shit out of luck with the quarterbacks in this class. But I I don't know. I don't. I feel like Oregon should be like top 10, but should be 9 or 10. I don't think they should be number 7. And any disagreements or anything about what I said about the poll? No, I mean, you're pretty spot on there. Fair. All right. Now, top four. Oklahoma at four. Uh, Alabama at three. Cincinnati at two. Georgia at one. No complaints about Georgia at one. They should be there. No complaints about Cincinnati at two. I'm just surprised the poll has not tried to fuck them yet. I thought they were going to use that close win against Navy to go, you know what? They're not that good. Let's drop them down to number seven. Uh, I'm surprised. I kind of love the fact that Oklahoma dropped the spot and Alabama jumped the spot when Oklahoma and Alabama both won. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm all still about the competition, pissed. right? <laughs> That's true. I'm still pissed, though, that one of those early teams couldn't beat Oklahoma. I just want them out of the top four. They're not one of the four best teams in the country. Their defense is trash. Uh, their quarterback situation better, but nothing else really is Ah. Uh, this season has shown Lincoln Riley's inabilities at the coaching position. I'm not saying he's not a capable coach, but he's not as great as everyone thought he was now that he had a shit, not a shit, but not a good quarterback. Right. But, I don't know, any, any other thoughts on the top four, Kiernan? Not really. Um, I would agree with you that uh, I'm really hoping, well, I'm really hoping that since he stays there, I think it'll be mad fun just, you know, to have a group of five team. Actually, you know, now that I think about this, right. As from what I can remember, one plays three and two plays four, right. One plays four, two plays three. Oh, okay. I, hope, I wouldn't expect I would... you to know that your team's ever been in the college football playoff. <laughs> You're hilarious. I couldn't remember for a second. But it would be mad funny if uh, if Cincy would play Oklahoma because I think they could beat them. If actually, here's a pose, I'll pose a hypothetical: if Cincy and Oklahoma were to play right now, who would win? Right now. Right, right now. Oklahoma. Damn it! Quit being rational on me. If Spencer Rattler was the starting quarterback, Cincinnati, I think Caleb Williams gives Oklahoma that X factor that you need to make and win a championship game, get into the college football playoffs. Caleb Williams is that X factor as of right now. So I think Oklahoma still wins, but I think it's a very close game. Fair enough. Also, Oklahoma's filled with five stars. Cincinnati is filled with three and four stars. At a point, the talent gap is just too great. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I know that's not the answer you wanted, but that's how I genuinely... No, it's not even the answer that I, that I wanted slash expected. It was more of a... It was more of a who has the momentum type thing. Because, like, I think Cincinnati is a really good team. And despite their quote-unquote talent gap, a 
okay, maybe you're right with Caleb Williams, but if they were playing with Spencer Rattler, I think they could do it. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah, you, you made a good point. You made a good point is, is what I'm trying to say. But since I think with Caleb Williams now at, entrenched as the starter, Oklahoma also has that momentum that you'd be looking for in a game like that. Because, I mean, look, came in the second half against Texas, the Red River shootout, maybe the one of the biggest rivalry games in the country, leads Oklahoma to an 18-point comeback and wins, dominates TCU, yeah, has a hiccup against Kansas, still wins by double digits. So I think Oklahoma's momentum will carry them through the rest of the year, and I do think they are going to win the Big 12, and I do think we are going to see them in the college football playoffs. As much as I don't want them to be there, as much as I don't think they should be there, I think they will be there. If they lose the game, are they out? Uh, Let me look at the rest of their schedule. If they lose a close game against a good team, no. they're If they lose to Baylor or Oklahoma State in a close game, uh, no, they're not out if they then dominate and win the Big 12 championship. Uh, they cannot They cannot lose to Iowa State. If they lose to Iowa State at home, then yeah, they're out. But Baylor and Oklahoma State, both on the road, if they can lose those but still find a way into the Big 12 championship, then I think they will still have a good chance to make the cultural playoffs if they win. But that's just my thoughts on it. Speaking of the Big 12, uh, after going 13-17 and 17 in his coaching career at Texas Tech, Matt Wells has been fired. Their offensive coordinator, whose name I do not remember, but who has a goofy name. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Not David Yost. Oh, Sonny Cumbie. Sonny Cumbie is now the coach of uh, Texas Tech. I, I don't hate the move necessarily. I mean, Texas Tech was struggling this year. But my only issue is they didn't – I feel like Texas Tech didn't have super high hopes going into the year. And it doesn't hit that four-year benchmark. I mean, four and eight, four and six, five and three, one more games this year. But they also were not doing great in the Big 12. But I don't know. I think this might have been too soon. Considering Texas Tech also hasn't had, like, any big scandals. If something went bad or – uh, Matt Wells was like, I'm not getting the COVID vaccine after talking, after the university allowed me to talk to specialists. This, I'm not getting it. Or pulling an LSU or a Baylor or God forbid a Penn State. Then I could get him getting fired after three years. But the team's just slightly underperforming. I mean, did you expect Texas Tech to do anything in the no. past like two, three years? No, that's why I don't even think I mentioned them in any of the the uh, Big 12 Uh was it the pregame we did or the preseason stuff? It, I mean, his predecessor. Let's look at his predecessor's record. His predecessor in his one, two, three, four, five, six years went eight and five, four and five, Big 12. Four and eight, two and seven, Big 12. 
Seven and six, four and five, Big 12. Five and seven, three and six, six and seven, three and six, five and seven, three and six. Your former coach went 35 and 40 in 19 and 35 in the Big 12. Why do you suddenly expect him to be competing for a Big 12 championship? It makes also Cliff Kingsbury should not be an NFL coach. I know he's seven and oh, but why are you hiring a guy who's 35 and 40 in his college coaching career to be the head coach of the fucking Arizona Cardinals? I will never get it. It seems to be working out, I guess, but I also don't get what Texas Tech is doing. I don't get why they expected Matt Wells to come in and dominate teams because Cliff Kingsbury clearly fucking couldn't with Patrick Mahomes. I, I have no answer for you there, Kevin. That, that's a purely like, what the fuck type of type of answer. I, and I don't even love Matt Wells particularly. I don't have any affiliation with Texas Tech, but I just don't get some of these colleges' decisions. Look, I get you want to compete for a Big 12 championship. I get you want to you want to make that cultural play. You want to show the world that Texas Tech's here. Guess what? You're fucking Texas Tech. You're not going to get a top-tier coach. You need to find a coach who can not embarrass himself on the field, which I don't think four and eight, four and six, and five and three is embarrassing yourself on the field. I think that's better. He's also five and three this fucking year. That's better than Texas Tech could probably hope for. Is it what do you think it would be? It was a situation of who's left or like who's available type deal? Like I in terms Texas of coaches? Tech- I think Texas Tech probably was getting swept up in all these other coaches getting fired and all the rumors, rumor new hires that could be available and go, oh, we can get one of those guys. Hey, Texas Tech, guess what? You're not fucking getting Urban Meyer. <laughs> you're not fucking getting Ed Orgeron. I don't know why the fuck you'd want him at this point, but you're not fucking getting John Gruden either. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's getting guys- John Gruden, to be honest. Oh, some college will. If some Greek basketball team... No, 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 no. You know? No, no, no. We've already been over this. We've already been over this. If anybody, if anybody in college goes for John Gurdon, it's LSU. We That's know that. Fair, we've, but, we've established that fact. But do you know what Texas Tech is going to do? What? I think one of two things. They're going to hire some offensive coordinator that no one's ever heard of. No competent group of five coaches is going to go to Texas Tech over some of these other jobs. No competent Power 5 coordinator is going to go to Texas Tech over some of these jobs. They're either going to hire some no-name coordinator from some group of five school and do the same thing in three years, or they're going to try to hire the Presbyterian coach who was a high school coach who never punted and always went for two and onside kicks, which I really want now. I loved if Texas Tech and bring in what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? If they could bring in Harold Nichols, is that his name? No, it's Kevin Kelly. If they could bring in Kevin Kelly, who's currently two and two in FCS, but I still want to coach the power five level, I will be okay with this move. But if not, what's the point? I don't know why I feel so strongly about this. 
yeah, it seems very, you, you seem very passionate about it. It's, it's some, it's a very low tier program, uh, albeit in D1. And you are just super heated about it for some reason. I mean, like if it was the LSU job or if it was the, I don't know, USC job. Yeah, that makes sense. But come on, man. What's going on, Kevin? Are, pro- are there problems? <laughs> Do you are want to talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Are there problems at home? No, those happened about like seven or eight oh. years ago when my mom left. But I, I would like to officially put my hat in the ring for the Texas Tech head coaching job. I have absolutely no experience. I have never played football in my life, but I think I can turn this program around. Texas Tech's AD hit me up. The DMs are open. I felt like I haven't asked. You haven't claimed a position in in recent months, so yeah. Yeah, so I have to, you know, Mel Tucker's doing well. So I think me calling for another man's job to be given to me actually makes them do better. Oh, maybe, yeah. But there's no one in this position, so maybe it'll make the interim do better. Maybe they'll just give me the job. I I don't know, but I think I would do great in Texas, at Texas Tech, and they should hire me. Um, Speaking of coaches, Nick Saban is getting soft in his old age. Mm. He he turned 70 on Sunday. Yes, I know what his birthday is. Yes, happy birthday, Nick Saban. I love you. Um, but after the Tennessee game, uh, post game, the reporter asked him, Oh, there were some mental mistakes early in the game that kind of got you aggravated and annoyed. Like, how can you address those? How are you going to fix those? Nick Saban's response was, I, the fans are happy we beat Tennessee. I'm happy we beat Tennessee. Let's not worry about the mental mistakes. We'll deal with them next week, which I think is the first time in his life that he's ever said, Let's not worry about it. That is a very un on Nick Saban answer. That is wild. That's like if Bill Belichick said, you know, instead of saying, oh, we're on to next week, he goes, no, let's sit and talk about this week. <laughs> that would be the equivalent comment. And everybody in the room would just go absolutely silent to hear what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't actually think he's gone soft, but I was just taken aback by that response. The yeah, same man who screamed at a reporter when asking about who he's going to start, Jalen or two, and said, I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, I'm not going to, so quit asking. Then said, let's not worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very much turn of character. So I am concerned. I think Miss Terry has gone too far in mellowing him out. Uh, but, yeah, I was just confused by that. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it, if I'm reading too much into that or – I don't think I'm reading anything into no, it. I think I'm just. Confused. I don't think you. I don't think you are. I think that's a genuine cause for concern. Because because if he had beaten, uh, I don't know who else has Alabama played this this year that's halfway competent. Ole Miss. Okay, Ole Miss. Right. If he had, you know, after that post game or whatever, he'd just be like. Oh yeah, you know we we beat Ole Miss. It was good. The mental mistakes need to stop. You know we need to get our heads together. That would have been a perfectly normal answer. But if he had said that at any other, you know, it's Tennessee. Who the fuck cares? I do think 
some of the old heads do care a bit more because it used to be a more intense rivalry. Historically, it is uh, one of our biggest rivals. So yeah, I think but not that, in the past, I, what, two decades? 15 years. Yeah, it's close enough. Nick Saban has never lost to Tennessee at Alabama. I don't know if he did it at LSU, but uh, since 2006, Tennessee has not beaten Alabama, but it still is a rivalry. It still is a noted game, a notable game every every year. So, I don't know. I thought it was weird. But uh, speaking of, Kieran, you mentioned the USC job. We're going to bounce around here. Mike Tomlin was asked about the USC job. And he went on a rant about how he doesn't have time for this. He He's uh, here in Pittsburgh now. And never say never, but never. So you know what that tells me from that? What? Mike Tomlin wants the USC job. He does want the USC job. Any coach who's going to emphatically deny a job is definitely interested in that job. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a, it's such a, I don't want to say it's a, a trope at this point, but it's so common to see like, oh yeah, no, I don't want this job. You know, vehemently deny it, deny it, deny it. And then three weeks later you take the job. And I'm going to go off a small tangent here because it it seems to me that these coaches do that whole deny, deny, deny thing or don't want it, don't want it, don't want it, and then take it. I, I, I read somewhere that in uh, Roman times when they were, you know, the, the new emperor would get the title or whatever, they'd say, oh, no, 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 I don't want the, the emperorship. I don't want it. No, thank you. No, thank you. And he would have to be, quote, unquote, pleaded with to take it. They'd reluctantly take the job, and I'm just like, this is a very, <laughs> this is becoming a, uh, a trope among both college and NFL coaches, where they're like, oh no, not at all, don't worry about it, we're still here, we're still gonna grind through this season. I, I would have believed, I would have believed him. Well, he has to compete with Urban for this because we also said oh, Urban's definitely going to USC. Oh, fuck I, no, he's not. I. I would believe him more if he said, look, USC is a great program, but I'm in Pittsburgh now. We're focused on making the playoffs, winning a Super Bowl. So that's where my focus is at now. You can speculate all you want, but I'm here, so that's what my focus is on. I would believe him more if he said that. Frankly, though, I think Mike Tomlin should go to USC. Because I don't think Mike Tomlin's a very good coach. You had Le'Veon Bell, you had Antonio Brown, and you had Ben Roethlisberger in a good offensive line, in a good defense. You couldn't make a Super Bowl with that. The team was too good, was so good, they weren't going to lose many games the regular season. But once you hit the playoffs, you need that coaching edge, which Pittsburgh hasn't had. Right. So I think once Big Ben's gone, and you can kind of see it now. You saw it towards the end of last season when Big Ben broke down. You can kind of see it now as Big Ben came into the year broken down. Uh, Mike Tomlin needs to bail. He needs to go to college so his NFL legacy can stay intact. He has a legacy? He does. He's He has a pretty good record as a head coach. Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a legacy. Yeah, but it, do you know what happens if he stays and can't win a game with a different quarterback? I mean, he has a shit team. 
Big Ben made Mike Tomlin. Oh, fuck. I don't fall for that shit. Bill Belichick went through the same thing with Tom Brady after last season. The narrative will be Big Ben made Mike Tomlin. So, look, I don't like Mike Tomlin. I think there's a small debate that he is a fringe Hall of Famer. Maybe. And if he if he sucks with a different quarterback, that conversation is out the window. He needs to go to college and keep that conversation intact. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that's a fair enough argument, I suppose. Speaking of legacies and keeping them intact, we're going to talk about Clemson. Oh, the fact that they're not a legacy or dynasty is anymore? DJ's a placeholder. DJ is a worse version of Kelly Bryant on a worse team. <laughs> Damn. Next season, DJ Ugalele is not the starting quarterback of the Clemson Tigers. No, God, no. It's either going to be Spencer Rattler if he transfers. And I think that is a perfect fit for Spencer Rattler, by the way. I think he needs to try and get his way there. Or... Cade Klubnik, uh, part of the 2022 class, number one quarterback in the country according to 247 Sports Composite, number six recruit out of Texas, which if you're a top 10 recruit out of Texas, you're damn good. Number 21 nationally. I think maybe not going into the season, but now Dabo's just trying to hold on until he can get Cade in there. Or Spencer Rattler. Or hope a fucking NFL team calls up Dabo. I don't know which, but one of those is going to happen. Dabo to USC? <laughs> I don't think... I think Dabo's either going to the NFL or he's staying at Clemson with Cater Spencer. Fair enough. Do you see any universe where DJ Ugalele is the starting quarterback for Clemson next year? No. Fair enough. <laughs> He's bad. Look, I mean, that was that was that was the the question you asked. Yeah, no, it you, <laughs> it was, you it was gave just an a honest answer. Short, no. <laughs> it's a very short answer. He's so bad. I think it's funny that the la- the top two Heisman hopefuls going into the year, based on the odds, have now been benched multiple times. Spencer Rattler permanently for Caleb Williams, it seems, and DJ Ugalele is getting benched a couple games, a couple series every game. Why Why did people think they were so good? I get Spencer Rattler, honestly. He looked good at points last year. You expected him to make the step. Fine. I have no issue with him being the preseason Heisman favorite. What out of DJ Ugalele did you see last year? When, yeah, this guy's going to push for the Heisman. What, what? Was it the underthrown balls? Was it the overthrown balls? Was it the... Nowhere near the fucking receipt. Like, I don't get it. And anyone out here is like, oh, you're just saying that, like, because he's not playing well this year. No, check the tape. This and the Corner Booth podcast, I said on both that DJ Ugalele was not a good quarterback. This kid who just stares, like, I'm done. Like, DJ sucks. He. Clemson's not as good as it used to be either. No, they're not. The team around him is also taking a step back, but 
going from jet, like Clemson has a pattern. You have one generational quarterback. You get a placeholder for a year. You get another generational quarterback. Next step, logically, you get a placeholder for a year. The problem is the first placeholder still made it to the cultural playoffs. DJ hasn't. Yeah. Kelly Bryant still kind of had options in transport. I don't know what DJ's options are. Not much. It's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be like um oh what's oh not Ole Miss. Oh what's uh FSU's old quarterback? Uh Francois was his name. DeAndre Francois had hope, had some off the field DeAndre issues. I hate my Apple Watch. Went to Florida State, got injured. He did have off the field issues. I'm not saying DJ does. But then his next option after Florida State was the Hampton Pirates. It was an FCS. To which, like, I, to which, the, to which the next re- question is, who? <laughs> yeah, it's an FCS school. So I don't see a world where DJ goes to a good Power 5 school. You know what? Hell, Texas Tech, when you hire me, I will make it my life's work to get DJ Ugalele to Texas Tech. I'll there make it go. work. I'll make it work with DJ. You can figure it out. I've already have it figured out. I know how to use them. Perfect. Because I'm smarter than Dabo. <laughs> so, uh, Kieran, any thoughts on DJ or Spencer Rattler or anything? Or any other thoughts we didn't touch on? Penn State loses it every year. Fair. Oh, no, no. We will find a way to fuck this up. <laughs> I think you already did. You lost to Illinois. Oh, no, no, no. I, th- yeah, that, that was like me joking prior to this. You know, oh, okay. oh, we will find a way to fuck this up. Okay, fair. Um. Okay, so if Kiernan's last point is going to be pontificating about Penn State sucking. Also, did you see James Franklin thought he was playing Illinois this weekend? Oh, yeah. That was... I understand it was just a mental slip and, like, he misspoke, but that's still such a bad look. Talking oh, about how, like, yeah. you're focused on Illinois this weekend. You're going, like, focus on the big out. Like, come on, buddy. Yeah, but like, dude, this is one of the arguably the biggest games of the of the year, and you talk about the team that you just played. Are you sure about that? In one of the first episodes, I said it was going to be a weekly segment. I would ask you if James Franklin sells job. Does James Franklin sell the job next year? Uh, I don't know. I was confident. I was confident even through the even through the Iowa game. I said, you know, you know, shit happens. There was a there was injuries. You know, our defensive lineman went down. You know, Clifford went down, and then I was like, it's just a huge fluke, right? And to only lose to the second the, the second best team in the country, not a big deal. You know, it's fine, right? It sucks. It's stupid. It's annoying, but it's fine. And now I'm just like. Well, I would see if something were to go wrong. <laughs> All 
right. Well, there you have it. Uh, James Franklin is on the hot seat. You heard it here first. Sort of first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably last, but it's fine. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Quad Tailgate. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Yeats. Great sunglasses I've bought. In, I've bought probably five or ten pairs. Uh, Yeatsofficial.com, promo code TAILGATE for 10% off your order. And why not just subscribe and rate us? It's free. doesn't cost you anything. It's free real estate. It helps out a lot. I hate asking you to do that. Please rate us, subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to, and have a good day. Want a vocal proof in this nudie? Busting raps. With some gold on my body, off my body, off Carlos Rossi, I'm sloppy. I treat my luxury scraper like a Bugatti. Lottie, daddy, she like to party off Molly Bacardi. Let her get naughty, a hottie up in the lobby. She style. She said, Fody Water. Will you about to be? I said, follow me, follow me, follow me, bitch, room 223. You got to pay me, you pay me no attention. That's how I be when you're born and raised in the Vino or the Cali Silicon Valley. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.